0: Hey, if you love the rewatchables, did you know the entire archive of over four and a half years of episodes, about 215 in all, are available only on Spotify. You can still get everything from the last 45 days anywhere, but anything after that, available only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it, all that creamy. Soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like Goofy Shakes. I like Vanilla Shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla Shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where if you love the new Spider-Man movie, we have a lot of reactions. You can go to the Ringerverse. You can go to the Big Picture with Sean Fantasy. People love that movie, including my kids. So that is where you find the reactions, the Ringerverse Podcast and the Big Picture. Coming up next, don't forget to fasten your condom. Father of the Bride is next.
1: Touchstone Pictures presents Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, Martin Short, and introducing Kimberly Williams.
0: I'm told that one day I'll look back on all of this with great affection and nostalgia. (laughs) I hope so. Good night, Mr. Banks. Drive carefully. And don't forget to fasten your condom. Dad! Seatbelt, I meant. meant. Seatbelt.
1: Father of the
0: Bride. All right, Amanda Dobbins is here. Can't think of a better person to share Father of the Bride with me. My name is Bill Simmons. I watched this with my 16 and a half year old daughter who had never seen it. Even though she thought she had seen it, she'd never seen it. So that was emotional on Saturday night. Um, Who cried? Neither of us, but my wife cried because my wife always cries during Father of the Bride. Um, Yeah, this is there's only a few movies that have just completely grabbed a piece of turf. That's available. There's lots of turf all over the place. Like there's Mafia movie turf and buddy cop, whatever you want to say. This is the only my daughter is getting married movie. That I think is the default for everybody. I don't even know who the comp- who's the competition. There is no competition.
1: There's absolutely none. There's a lot of wedding movie competition, and there is obviously the original with with Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor. But fine, we mentioned the original. We don't have to talk about it again. This is the one for me.
0: This is the one. This has been the one for thirty years. Yeah. This has been the one. Now you're obviously married to sure. uh, media mogul Zach Baron. <laughs> But you saw this movie when you're a kid and at some point you're probably wondering, hmm, if I get married, I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder how authentic this is. Are my emotions going to mirror the emotions
1: of this movie? Am
0: I going to think of the movie as I'm getting married? So what was that like for you?
1: So I vividly remember watching this with my father and i was 7 years old when this movie came out and this i was allowed to see very early because it is a family friendly movie so this is my first nancy myers experience extremely formative as as we know mm. probably one of my first steve martin experiences because i'm young you know i wasn't like checking out snl in the 70s and then i was watching it with my dad who i um I'm very close to you in this movie. At one point, Steve Martin talks about how his character is like his daughter and her fiance is like his his wife, Diane Keaton. And I'm definitely my father's daughter in that sense. So I remember watching it. I cried. I think I was like mm. eight or nine. And I think I cried from the, the, the growing up and like leaving the family home and like not having the same relationship with your dad that you once did it's it's a movie about change in a lot of ways it's really affecting when steve martin realizes oh this is going to be different now and so i think i watched it less as like oh i'm going to get married one day and more as like oh like i'm not going to have the same relationship with my dad that i will right now or i have right now and um yeah that re- that moment still makes me cry every single time i watch it including yesterday
0: I so this movie. I was in college when it came out, and I saw it on a date with somebody I was dating at the time. Okay, and you see yourself through the prism of the future son-in-law when you're watching it when yeah. you're in college when it comes out, right? I'm not thinking about the dead. I don't care yeah. about the dead. Um, and then I dated somebody else after that, and this was like her movie with the dead. Yeah. So I was watching it even more differently because I was like, "All right, if this is like one of their favorite movies." how do I fit into this? Like, sure. is there, like, And you start thinking that, but then once you have a, once you have a daughter, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have a daughter, which I was, um, now it's a completely different movie. And now, and I've seen it a whole bunch of times, cause this is one of my wife's favorite movies. If it's on, she's just going to run with it no matter what. Of movie it's on. So you have like the little girl part of it, right? Where, mm-hmm. and he has the flashback at one point where they're playing, you know, uh, that when she's sitting at the table and it's all of a sudden a little girl. So I saw my daughter in that vein for a while. Seeing it this time and watching it with her was a totally different experience. Thinking like, oh my God, this this could be happening to us. Who knows when, but it, it I, I might be Steve Martin.
1: You're, you're on the verge of it. I actually, I did think a lot about you in, when I was watching it yesterday because I knew we were going to have this conversation. But Annie, the daughter in this movie, is very young. She's twenty-two years old. We'll we come back yeah. to that. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, she's,
0: she's five and a half years older than my daughter. <laughs> there's there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of strategy there that we can unpack to anyone who's going to have to go through this anytime soon. But yes, it's you're you're getting close to someone leaving the nest, and also possibly someone bringing home uh, romantic partners, and how well, you're going to have to react. That's already to it. happening. No, well, yeah, he, I know.
0: He says in the opening monologue. And this one hit me a totally different way this time. He goes, you have a little girl, an adorable little girl who looks up to you and adores you in a way you could have never imagined. Totally true, by the way. That's the Mm -hmm. number one best thing about there's this stretch with your daughter where you're like, wow, I'm actually somebody's legitimate hero. I could do no wrong with this person, (laughs) but this is the best relationship I have. Then they get a little older. Mm -hmm. And he says, I remember how her little hand used to fit inside mine. Again, 100% true. Then comes the day when she wants to get her ears pierced and wants you to drop her off a block before the movie theater. From that moment on, you're in constant panic. So I'm in that moment now. Yeah. That hit me in a totally different way. I was like, oh, my God. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I remember going through the please drop me off, you know, from the mall. I don't want to be associated. And then I really remember the... this is the person that I'm bringing home. I just, I got to say right now, my dad behaved better than Steve Martin. My dad had it together. (laughs) And Bill, Bill, I believe in you when the time comes. I know that you will keep it together. But I I do remember thinking about it. And now it's really interesting. When I rewatched it this time, I was investigating this Steve Martin, Diane Keaton marriage. And I realized that I'm this Steve Martin in my marriage to Zach and <laughs> I'm like I'm definitely the person who will have a meltdown in a grocery store and have to be bailed out from like the mm-hmm. local friendly jail. So it's you know it's something for every phase of life this movie.
0: Well, I'm, so my wife and daughter we were watching it Saturday night mm-hmm. which was the highlight of my Saturday night cuz it was right before the Patriots lost to the Colts. So this oh, was yeah. really I went from like apex to nadir in 2 hours. Yeah. Um but my wife was laughing cuz in that scene when she when she's telling them about how she's getting married and she's like, but he's just like you, except he's brilliant. And it just keeps cutting <laughs> to Steve Martin. And he's like, wait, what? And, and my wife was going, this is how you would react mm-hmm. when the moment comes. But I think it's so crazy that this is the only movie like this. And now you could say it's actually not the only movie like this, cause it's a 1950 movie. With Elizabeth Taylor and Spencer Tracy. Right. That's, and I, I, we use the word iconic too much on the rewatchables, but it's an iconic 1950s movie. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. It is. So but- when they were remaking this in 1991, it's like still close enough. You know, like think about movies in 1981, 82 now that that would be the 40 year mark where it'd be like if they were remaking Blade Runner, we'd be like, all right. That I still remember when Blade Runner happened. So I think people were reacting like that a little bit. But ultimately, it's a Steve Martin movie, and that's why it works.
1: Yes, exactly. And I know he had been doing some of this, like, family-friendly dad stuff before parenthood, etc. But this is the one for me where he... I mean, this is the first one I saw. And he just nails the balance of completely deranged but also affectionate. And, like, the physical comedy and all of those reaction shots that are absolutely perfect. Yeah. And... But still, you believe in their connection and he's so moved in those moments of realization that no one has come close. And you're right that like, I can't even think of that many father daughter movies that could compete against it. It's like people don't even try.
0: Well, you know, what's funny. I was thinking the bizarre version of this is Rachel's getting married. Yes. And the dad in that movie in the kitchen, which we're oh going to do rewatchables at some point. I don't know if you, if you're in on that, cause I think that movie is amazing. And I, I think Anne Hathaway is amazing in it, but the she dad is. is, the dad is amazing in that movie. And they're in the kitchen. in that one scene when the dad melts down because they find, I forget what they find, but it's so intense the opposite way. But yeah, you know, with this movie, it's just like, I have this daughter. She's the right. special little gem of a person. She's perfect. Well, right. she came back from Italy she's getting married. And that's, you know, the crux of it, which is how I would react if I hadn't even known my daughter was dating somebody. And now all of a sudden I have to plan a wedding.
1: It's very gentle. You know, that everything's going to be okay throughout the movie, which as soon as you said, Rachel getting married, I just tensed up because that just I was like, oh, I was like, oh, my God, I remember how uncomfortable I was throughout that. and Even when Steve Martin is, you know, going through his stations of the cross of accepting like my daughter's getting married. It's sweet. You know, this is like a really very earnest movie where, y- you know, everyone's going to love each other in the end, which is really nice in a way. That means that you can explore the other parts of the emotional journey without being like, oh, God, like, is this family going to split up? It's, you know, not a divorce movie by any stretch of the imagination. This is like a pretty um, stable family. But it I find it so comforting as a result.
0: A stable family. Yeah. With a really nice house in San Marino, San Marino, which is one of the most stable places in the country. Zoe's had some games there over the years. And every time we go there, we're like, wow, this place is great. Why don't we live here? It just seems so nice and happy.
1: I drove through the other day and was and was thinking about doing this podcast. I didn't drive by the house, which is apparently technically in Pasadena. And not yeah, in, are we going to do the whole it. house thing?
0: Yeah, we've done it. No, I mean, okay. we we drove by the house. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It looks like it still looks like the house. They right, messed with yeah. it a tiny bit, but not too much. It's
1: so beautiful. Um, Yeah, really, really nice place. I, it's funny how they describe it in the movie as like a small town in Southern California, which San Marino is just like a really nice neighborhood. It's really nice. Neighborhood in suburban L.A., but it's still like in suburban L.A. It's not like you have to go far to be anywhere else in Los Angeles, except for Bel Air. You do have to, it is a long drive from Bel Air and I'd like to talk about some of the commutes to the to the in-laws home.
0: Great point. Let's talk about Steve Martin for a second. Okay. So Steve Martin's been in my life ever since I can remember liking sure. comedy. SNL, which I started watching when they had the half hour shows, I think on like Thursday or Friday nights, they would do the greatest hits re-airs on primetime. And that's how Steve Martin hosted a bunch of those. I was like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And then the Jerk comes out in 1979, which I saw in the movie theater. Okay. A movie that I don't think has held up the way maybe I would have thought even 20 years ago. I think there's some movies from that era, like Airplane, Blues Brothers, some of those where they were just like all kind, all time bangers. And then as the years passed, they've kind of faded. But he became a superstar with that. He also had this comedy album and he had a couple of them, but that were like massive selling albums. Mm-hmm. And he was touring and he was selling out NBA arenas and him and Richard Pryor were the two most famous famous comics of the late 70s. So the jerk seemed like it was going to open up this whole movie career for him. He made Pennies from Heaven, which I also saw in the theater, which was pretty disappointing. It's weird. It's like an okay. artsy. I
1: haven't he seen that one.
0: Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which didn't work in bombed. So now it's like, oh, Steve Martin, a movie star that's happening. Man with Two Brains, which he makes with Kathleen Turner, coming off of Body Heat, and she's red hot. So Mm -hmm. that movie's actually pretty good. She's amazing in it. That's like, between that and Body Heat, all-time hot performance by an actress, where it's just like the sexiness of the actress is actually a trait they're exploiting in the movie. And then he makes Lonely Guy, which is a really, really funny rewatch movie that didn't make it, but I think has this whole cult following. And then finally, All of Me, with Lily Thomas. So that takes us to 85. The movie career has not happened yet. Yeah. Then he does this audible from 86 to 92. Three amigos. Yes. Roxanne, which mm-hmm. was a, a real thing. Roxanne was a massive movie in 1987. Plain trains and automobile are arguably the best Thanksgiving movie ever. Dirty rat and scoundrels. Caper. Yes. Yes. I love capers.
1: I do love capers.
0: Parenthood. Ron Howard. There um, we go. Flawed but lovable movie that I think everybody has seen multiple times. My Blue Heaven didn't totally work. L.A. Story, he wrote it. A little goofy, but uh, a mood movie. Then Father of the Bride, Grand Canyon. So he makes nine movies in seven years as he transitions to being like an adult and a parent. And it's a really interesting shift where he's like the wild and crazy guy comedian to now he's like, dad? Yes. Doesn't happen very often.
1: And I, like I said, I came to him as dad, as sentimental family guy, you know, and you go back and you see Three Amigos and you see Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And so you learn that like, oh, Steve Martin used to like be a little edgier and, you know, and the dry sense of humor still shows up in the family movies and what keeps it from being like totally, you know, schlocky and overly, overly emotional. But it is a little bit like discovering your dad was cool, like in his 20s, you know? Oh, yeah. It was the experience I had of being like, oh, Steve Martin, look what else you can do. Because he was so firmly ingrained in my consciousness with Father of the Bride as like, you know, good natured patriarch of, of family movies.
0: He's had one of the great Hollywood careers. And I don't think people would think that. But you go back to like the comedy writing he did with Smothers Brothers. And he's in that whole scene in the 70s when there's only three networks. And there's just a bunch of amazing comic minds that are just kind of floating around and you don't even necessarily know who all of them are. The The comedian stuff he did, he was so good at it that he wrote a great book. He wrote a really good autobiography about why he gave up standup comedy. And it was because he was so good and so famous at it that the people were just basically, they were like jukebox. He became a jukebox. He would just mm-hmm. come out. They would know all the lines. And he's like, I've taken this as far as it can go. I need to do something else. He's written scripts. He's acted in all kinds of movies. He's written for the New Yorker. Um, he's relevant in 2021. He had a a show right. on Hulu that I that did well. And that, that now we're in like the seventh decade of Steve Martin, which yes. is amazing.
1: You know what else he did that really lived in my consciousness? Oscars host. And so that yep. was like an interesting 2000s. And he's sort of like calling back to the stand up comedy, but obviously like also like softened for network audience. So he really just kind of exists as like the friendly patter guy to me for almost a, great a decade. Point. Yeah.
0: Well, it's Oscars host, great one. Him mm-hmm. and Billy Crystal, I think, yes, were probably exactly. helped the most by the Oscars. Yes. He was a great talk show guest. And he's one of the three or four most important SNL hosts ever, and that matters because SNL is a pop cult- culture institution. He hosted, I think, the bet one of the three or four best SNLs of all time in 1978 when they did. Um, he did the King Tut sketch, which was what really one of the most famous, like high production pieces they ever did. He, medieval barber was in there. Wild and crazy <laughs> guys it was like a phenomenon.
1: Wild and crazy guys, even I know, yeah,
0: yeah. And if you read the SNL books like that's yes. why they consider to be the best show ever. But in general mm-hmm. like was always one of the best. He's in the five timers club when they mm-hmm. welcome in Tom Hanks and he's the person who runs it. His best friend is Lorne Michaels. Right. So he has the Oscars, he has SNL and he has the talk shows. So he always felt relevant even if he wasn't relevant from a movie standpoint. You know what I mean? Like he would have these runs where the movies weren't working, but he still felt famous and important.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do think this movie sort of cements him as like, uh, maybe not America's dad. That's probably Tom Hanks at this point, but like a dad, which and it's amazing also that this was 30 years ago. I know. And he still has sort of kept that corner of like, I guess it's slightly avuncular, funny, reliable patter guy that you're just always happy to see.
0: Yeah, and I was going to do this in half-assed internet research, but I'll just do it now. Okay. Didn't have any kids when he made this movie.
1: That is interesting.
0: He never had a kid. Neither has Aaron Keaton. Yeah, he never had a child until he was 67. He does have a kid now. Wow. But he was America's dad in this movie, but but actually wasn't a parent. So they in a weird way, probably approaching it, um, maybe that's good that he didn't have any uh dad baggage. You mentioned Nancy Myers. This was yes the yes. second. Of the four Myers-Keaton collaborations. Mm -hmm. I don't need to tell you this. I'm just telling the audience. Baby Boom (laughs) Boom 1987. Yes. Which was an important Diane Keaton movie because it was the first time she moved away from Annie Hall, Woody Allen, 70s, Kate Corleone. And it's like, can she actually lead a movie herself? And she did.
1: And I think it's an important Nancy Myers movie to... Female heroine, which she then obviously comes back to you with, it's complicated and something's got to give, and, um, and the and the intern, there's sort of like the the yuppie trilogy that starts with Baby Boom, and, uh, Baby Boom has some of the aesthetics, like the Vermont home that Diane Keaton moves to has a beautiful kitchen, but I think Father of the Bride is really where you see the Nancy Myers formula just like clicking in the house, the kitchen, the skirt suits, the beautiful, you know, tree lined streets, the house, the, 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 the upper middle class, or maybe even just upper class, like calm and like, and, and sense of ease and beauty that allows for these sort of like safe emotions. But it's, it's extremely important for everything that comes after for Nancy Myers.
0: Most important, the house. Yeah. I can't even imagine how many houses she looks at before she picks the house. she it, I mean, it's the houses in her move is as important as the two lead characters
1: it's It's certainly the third character, and usually probably the first character in almost every single one. I mean, the interesting thing is like this, so they use the exterior of the house in Pasadena, but I do think the interiors are all sets, right?
0: Yeah. And the so, backyard, the backyard, yeah, I think, was different. Too. A
1: different house. So she's building these homes. She's like she's she, this is her vision. It's so extraordinary. And this is like such like an early 90s, like affluent, you know, like all of the pillows and the hydrangeas everywhere. Yeah. It's so specific. But it's amazing. She could just have a beautiful career designing homes which is why i think everyone in her movies is an architect like annie is a spy; she's an amazing architect at 22 sure nobody's an amazing architect at 22 but whatever and then steve martin later on and it's complicated also an architect renovating meryl streep's house specifically right. the kitchen remember so yeah nancy myers has a gift for home home renovation shall we say
0: it would be funny if she had a terrible house. Like, <laughs> she doesn't. Like she, couldn't, I've seen she couldn't pull it off for herself. Just in <laughs> no. movies, she didn't direct this movie. Though Charles Shire directed right. it, right? Her ex-husband. And she wrote it, but mm-hmm. she, you, it's a remake of a 1950 film. So it's technically, she's rewriting it. But I think what this movie did, because twenty million dollar budget made 120 million. What this movie did was. It allowed her to do whatever she wanted after yes, this, I think. Yeah, and th- and that's what we see with the films that come next. And she grabs this corner of—I don't even know what the corner was, but it was sitting there for somebody, and she took it.
1: Yes, I think it's probably female. Well, again, her her ex husband Charles Chire—they were like a husband and wife directing team. And They did Baby Boom, they did Father yep. Bride, Father Bride Part Two, and then they flip, and she directs Parent Trap. And I, but they, I think they wrote it together. And then they divorce and she goes off and does something's got to give and all these sorts of things. So it's the corner that she eventually develops is like woman of a certain age, just really like figuring out how to thrive in later life. In incredible. Homes.
0: Yeah. Incredible part for yes. some actress who yes. isn't getting incredible parts anymore. Exactly. Not too intense. Right. There's no like I have to shave my head halfway through the movie because I right. have cancer kind of plots. It's exactly it's just like my divorced my divorced uh husband is a pain in the ass. It's it's but, small scale <laughs> sure. Small scale conflicts.
1: But smart, a little neurotic, and always yes. kind of you can relate to some of the emotion. They're like, they're broad enough, whether it's the father-daughter thing or just, you know, wanting to marry Jack Nicholson, despite having Keanu Reeves right there, which, (laughs) I I mean, it's tough. Every day, it's really a toss-up for me.
0: Parent Trap, Mm -hmm. kind of a weirdly important movie. I,
1: I think it's a delightful movie. I was also, I think, what, 13, 14 when I saw it, as was Lindsay Lohan at the time.
0: Well, I think she, Yeah. unfortunately, I think, I think everything that's happened to her since has probably hurt that movie a little bit because yes. it's kind of tragic to watch now.
1: It really is. She's
0: such a good actress. In that movie. It's she's like one so of the good. great. It's one of the great kid actor performances ever.
1: Playing two roles. Ever. Yeah, she's great.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we covered Nancy Myers. We didn't cover Roger Roger Ebert, our guy. Three okay. stars. Yes. Three stars. Great. Kind of was kind of hoping for three and a half, but he did say... Uh, One of the movies with a lot of smiles and laughter in it and a good feeling all the way through. I completely agree, Raj. You nailed it yet again.
1: You got it, Roger. I do feel like if you go back to the contemporaneous reviews, they are all under the shadow of the remake. You know, they're just like this Spencer Tracy and Spencer Tracy is like one of the great Hollywood icons, as you said. But the further you get from both the original and the remake. I, I just don't feel the remake anxiety that I think some of the critics at the time Not at did. all. My, yeah. my
0: daughter didn't even know there was a remake. Right. But I think, I think there was an Elizabeth Taylor thing too because she's another one who, I think of this a lot, like when you think about what's going to happen like 50 years from now when you're dead or like, what, yeah, what, yeah. I, the, the reality is you just disappear. And mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor felt like the biggest star in the world in the sixties. And then when I was growing up in the seventies, it still felt like she was still kind of one of the biggest stars in the world, even though she wasn't doing anything anymore. And I know all the way through the eighties, she still felt like this enormous deal. So when they're remaking Father of the Bride in 91, they're still an Elizabeth Taylor hangover. Like, I'm sorry, like it's 40 years. And you think like, who are the biggest stars in 1982, 83? If you remade a movie with them, if you remade Risky Business, Tom Cruise would hang <gasps> over that movie. You just yes. went.
1: No, it is true, though. It is funny generationally. You know, I did my research. I learned about Elizabeth Taylor. But, you know, white diamonds is the first thing I think of when I think of Elizabeth Taylor, which is the perfume com- commercials that ran through like the, eight late, the late 80s, early right. late 90s. Well, I yeah. had
0: my generation was just like this lady keeps getting married. What's going on here? <laughs> like she, she got married eight times. She really did. It was always like the Johnny Carson, blah, 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 Elizabeth Taylor. And she became a punchline for that. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break. Lot to cover with the categories. I can't wait. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car get in there and it smells great. And you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs. Meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most rewatchable scene, Amanda. Okay, the opening monologue I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. I don't love looking at the camera and talking as a device to move the plot along. I just want to go on the record as saying you really have to prove to me that that's going to work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into that thinking this is a mistake. We shouldn't have done this. There is a better way to move the narrative along. It works in this one because the monologue's really good, and he's really good in it.
1: Completely agree on both fronts, okay. and the, the monologue also sets up the, you know, the voiceover narration, which is another warning sign for me usually of like, oh, you guys didn't get it together in the script. But obviously, there are many famous counter examples to that, and I think this is one. No, of them. you
0: you and I are aligned on that yeah. narration is usually a crutch. And you really like Goodfellas is a good example of like right, narration. Other totally yeah. worked. Totally. works. But a lot and, of a lot of times they're usually trying to put scotch tape on whatever the potholes were exactly. with the narration.
1: But this one, because you actually see Steve Martin talking and because he nails the monologue, then yep. the narration, I think, actually adds to the rest of the movie because it allows the George character to say what he can't really say in the moment to the people until the very end.
0: I agree. From that moment on, you're in constant panic. Couldn't be more true. <laughs> That's true. My daughter getting a driver's license is the, the monkey yeah. wrench in my life I never wanted. I, sure. I look at Life 360. I wonder where she is constantly. I see the car moving. I'm like, where's it going? It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Someday, Amanda. Uh, next rewatchable scene. Annie mm-hmm. tells them. She's getting married. Yeah. So this scene was rewatchable anyway, because Steve Martin's so funny in it. It's totally rewatchable in a different way now because nobody gets married at age 22. So I... now I watch this and like, oh my God, I would have a like an aneurysm if my daughter
1: came back from a trip and was like, I'm getting married. <laughs> Last night while I was falling asleep, I was actually doing the math of everyone's ages in that scene because they start arguing and Steve Martin's like, You're too young. And Diane Keaton is like, I was younger when we got married. I was this age when Mm. I had her. So I'm like, okay, so now Diane Keaton's like 44 and the mother of the bride, which is very young these days for mother of the bride. She looks fantastic. Diane Keaton just really making the 90s gap fashion work for her. But everyone here is just they're, they're jumping into the things. The timeline, it's compressed.
0: I will say in 1991, it felt early.
1: Okay. I mean, it is. She's 22.
0: I went to, I graduated college in 92. I went to one wedding that year from a class that was older than mine where the people dated all through college and they got married a year later. And then one of my roommates got married two years after we graduated. So he was like 24. 24 is kind of when it starts. 22 is like somebody might be pregnant if you're getting married at 22. Right. Well,
1: Has she graduated from college yet? Because she's doing the study abroad program. And it's not clear to me, like, has she graduated and then is doing an extra study abroad? You don't finish college with a study abroad program. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it seemed like almost like a graduate program. But then they should have said she was 24. I I actually think it was a mistake. But I think they're trying to stay faithful to the 1950 movie, which absolutely people got married when they were 22 in 1950 does not happen as much anymore. Anyway, Steve Martin's unbelievable in that scene. But like, he's then, really, really great. His facial expressions are so good in that scene. I also,
1: like, the flashback when there's suddenly the seven-year-old with the braids, like, Dad, I met a man in Rome, and he's a genius and fabulous. We're getting married. Yeah. Is, I, I mean, I think about that all the time. That is, like, a perfect 30-second encapsulation of parents' like complete inability to think of children as, like, actual adults. It's It's very useful to understanding your own parents.
0: I can say firsthand knowledge. I still, in my head, my daughter's like eight years old and I just can't, (laughs) I can't get past it.
1: I think, I think that makes sense. That's reasonable.
0: Like my, my wife was telling me they went to dinner and they had wine and my daughter had a glass of wine. I'm like, what? Wow. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, she's, it's okay. Yeah. She can try wine. I want her to like try this stuff and, but it's just in my head, I'm, she's still seven. Um, Yeah. One other thing about the getting married scene, which I think mm-hmm. is important. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this just to cater to you. I swear. Okay. I, yeah. I, I don't need to suck up. We've known each other too long. I don't need yeah. to suck up. No. Too. I think Diane Keaton's really good in this scene. She's great. As it goes along and as the daughter is laying out the case, this is why I fell in love. And this is what happened. And she's so excited. And Steve Martin's so horrified. <laughs> and Diane Keaton's like welling up like she gets it yeah she's locked in and she's like really genuinely happy and that's like that can only be a really good actress in that moment you know what I mean
1: totally both of them are actually recreating the timeline of being like wait okay she's telling me something wait is this what I think it is oh my gosh that is it is what I think it is and you can see the moment when Diane Keaton's character is like oh this is what's happening And you can see when Steve Martin is like, oh, this is happening in a completely different way. And also the juxtaposition of their two faces. I mean, it's it's truly funny. They're great. She totally
0: she totally gets it. You can see she's a little suspicious, but happy. Yeah. And then as she's hearing the case, she she's in. She's yeah. like the daughter sold her in two in two minutes. And she's like, just genuinely happy. This is yes. my little girl. And Steve Martin is just completely. <laughs> horrified. It's really good. She's listen. I think this movie alone made up for Kate Corleone and Godfather one. In my yeah, opinion, I, for Diane Keene.
1: I agree with you. It on just made up for both her, sides of that.
0: This <laughs> made up for her just getting in the limo and leaving all the school kids behind <laughs> on the street when Michael I mean, Corleone d- it was gone for five years.
1: <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's also a good performance. We don't have to get into Godfather. Yeah, right we don't now. You know what. I feel her. about her character. I,
0: listen, I will. I'll take my Kate Corleone stance to the grave.
1: <laughs> I, I I mean, you can hate her or you can hate the person. She just wasn't. No, I hate
0: the character. I don't hate her in the movie. I hate the character. It's not I her hate fault. her.
1: I hate her in the movie. She should. It doesn't make sense. should be a different actress. But I love Diane Keaton. Just i completely sorry. miscast.
0: I'm sorry you didn't hear from me in five years. <laughs> By the way, I married a 16 year old in Italy and then she blew up. <laughs> I've been back for a year. Let's get back together. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, what? It makes no sense. Oh my god. No all right. Wait, can I say just some more things about the dining room scene? Yeah like all of the writing around it of the of, of Steve Martin like going through like, I got I can get tickets to like Paul Simon at the forum and then, you know, all right, Paul Simon's an um, sure, okay just the the details are very funny as well
0: and lakers game but i don't think magic's even on the lakers at that point it's like these two things that are cool but not as cool as they might have seemed on paper 10 years ago
1: exactly Uh, oh and then um wait i'm sorry one more thing um independent communications consultant is still great stuff i my in-laws were in town the other week and they were talking about some cousin who's like starting his own media company and like, well, before I could help myself, it just like slipped out. And I was like, independent. That's code for unemployed, like to my in-laws about like a, a very nice cousin of theirs. But it's so good. It just makes me laugh every time.
0: What do you think his job would be now in two th- If twenty the 2021 version of this movie? What's his job? <laughs> He's well, like I don't a,
1: think he has to go to Rome anymore. I think he can do everything from like his sad, you know, one room computer. Right, he's layer. got a
0: studio. Yeah, in, exactly. Like down in the arts district in LA.
1: Exactly. Right, and, and so he's not meeting anyone at like. He's midnight like a computer of,
0: programmer, probably. Exactly. Like he's an independent computer programmer.
1: I'm I'm sure he's doing well, but he's probably yeah. not socializing as much.
0: Uh, next scene: meeting Brian, the son-in-law.
1: Yeah, it's it's so good.
0: And we'll th- we'll have the Brian conversation later because I have okay. some,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. some thoughts on that of- as well. But Sure. Yes, I do well, as well. Just,
0: he's kind of perfect.
1: I think so, too. I He's not really a part of the story. The story no. is about George and Annie and Nina and, and their family. And so it doesn't really matter who shows up. He kind of should be like an affable zero, you know?
0: He should be handsome for the pictures, but yeah. not handsome in a way that the dad would immediately get threatened and think the right. guy was a player. He should be like simple and happy, but not seeming like he's got some sinister angle. He's just kind of
1: like not really know. a threat, actually. Just yeah. like a, a normal guy named Brian McKenzie, which is just like a very generic, funny name as well right. Um, that you sort of do forget about.
0: That scene's good. And he has to Steve Martin's growing him a little bit. I, I like all that. Um, Next one I have is cutting down the wedding list, which mm-hmm. is a shorter <laughs> scene. But if you've ever been married, it's so it's so cutthroat as you're trying to figure out whatever you want to get to your number. <laughs> the best part is when they're like, wait, didn't Harry Kirby die last year? And Steve Martin's like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, he's that's like, great. So, cross him off. <laughs> uh, that scene absolutely slaughters me. The, uh, the Bunder fight, which mm-hmm. we needed a little melodrama in there. Mm-hmm. But I actually mm-hmm. think, I think Kimberly Williams, and we'll talk about her later too. I think she's really good in that scene. She is. where yeah. she's just, It's completely ridiculous that she's that upset about it, but she really does sell it. And, you know, th- th- it needs that because the dad needs to form some sort of relationship with the son-in-law and he realizes like, oh, my love for my daughter trumps whether I think this marriage should be happening or not, I've right. got to help her out. My daughter's in trouble, which right. is how you should react.
1: But it does also have like the physical comedy of him, like opening the the box to like expecting some horror and just like a blender comes out. And like Steve Martin, just like grappling with his blender is genuinely very funny.
0: Last one I have is the kid montage uh, basketball scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, which I, is, I knew that the, at the, and it is the montage into the basketball scene. It's really like, important. With the darling love you're just song. Play, you're
0: just playing. That's just for me at that. That's a lot of the I, things I care about in one movie.
1: This is where you and I meet. And it's, <laughs> it's the same. It's so good. And it's so cheesy. And, you know, even the, like even the line at the end of the basketball scene where he's just like, I I, I know I'll, I'm just thinking about how I will remember this moment for the rest of my life. I didn't cry, Bill, when I said it just now, which we got to account as an achievement for me because it gets me every time.
0: I got choked up but I, I just fought it off.
1: Okay, that's good. Because yeah, I knew yeah. my daughter
0: would make fun of me because she's kind <laughs> of a cyborg with these movies. Um, I did not put a Frank scene in this, and we can talk about Frank later. Yeah, um, I, I have some, there's an
1: obvious category for that one.
0: I have a lot of Frank thoughts, but mm-hmm. uh, what's the most rewatchable scene for you? I Mine is Annie saying she's getting married.
1: Yeah, it's got to be that first family dinner scene because yeah. it sets up all of the dynamics of the movie and everybody's very funny in it.
0: Okay. What's age the best?
1: Kieran Culkin. Incredible. My God. What a month for Kieran Culkin.
0: This might be the best. What's age the best in the history of what's age the best. It's really good. It is so fucking hilarious to watch this and think that kid's going to be Roman Roy. It's
1: really. And even at that dinner table scene that we were just talking about, he gets a few reaction shots and his tiny little face is not that different from Roman's face sitting at some of the like succession boardroom tables. It is amazing.
0: We were, my wife and I were dying and my daughter was getting mad for us because she, she, <laughs> she didn't watch succession. But it was just like, oh my God, we're just waiting. Like, is is there going to be like a, what's the eight-year-old equivalent of a dick pic scene? Like, what, yeah. what do we have? It's, oh no. He plays a very standard simple, but it's just so funny to think he's going to grow up to be yeah. one of the most deranged characters in the history of HBO.
1: And he's very cute. And they give him a couple like kid scene stealing yeah, moments good. and he nails them. He's very funny when the he chauffeur gels.
0: thing is great. Yeah. The, yeah.
1: And gelling his hair back for the wedding. Very cute.
0: More would say it's the best. What okay. can I say? I'm a father. We're in comes to the territory. Uh, bang. Put that <laughs> on my gravestone. Uh, Kimberly Williams. Yeah. Just a. Utter delight in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a great job. She's really likable, and I actually thought she was going to be a bigger star after this movie. But I think this movie's so distinct. I think it's hard. You can't imagine what, what is she going to do next. Like she tried. She was in a couple different things, but it's so hard to disassociate Father of the Bride from her.
1: Well, she and Steve Martin actually do have father-daughter chemistry in this. Yep and that's really hard to manufacture. And so a lot of what's happening in it is that you just see them really connecting and it's and it's very moving. And I don't know whether you put her in in scenes with other people in, you know, different dramatic scenarios whether it has the same punch, but they really do work. Even those pickup basketball scenes. Very charming the way they like dance around each other.
0: Yeah, she she's Actually pretty believable in those scenes. So she was in, I think like a year and a half later, she was in Indian Summer, which was one of the many terrible big show ripoffs. Right. Sure. It's, it's kind of watchable, terrible. I'm not going to like shit on it too much. It is watchable, but she's in that. And I think that was going to be, is this going to happen or not? Didn't totally happen. And then, um, and then father of brad too and then a bunch of tv movies tv shows then she married brad paisley right kind of became mrs brad paisley it became yes yeah um which not a bad thing he's super famous and she got into it and the whole thing but i there was a moment there where i thought oh if there's like a new brat pack for the early 90s she could be in it
1: no she, i mean she's still defined by it i remember when she married brad paisley the amount of like Father of the bride, wedding content around their marriage. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, I clicked on a lot of it. Who am I to judge? But yeah. she's 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 Annie.
0: Hundred percent. San Marino. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that in as a stage the best, especially okay. after having gone to many soccer games there, and uh, it's a wonderful place. I think San Marino is a little like Fight Club. They don't. It's like San Diego's <laughs> like this too, where they don't. The people that live there don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. It's super nice. They don't want anyone else to know. They Mm -hmm. just keep it as their secret. Really nice place. Even like one of those places you see the old school hardware stores and.
1: Yeah, it's very beautiful. The the
0: drugstores that have like ice cream sundaes in them and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's really nice.
1: I remember Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez went house hunting in San Marino once, you know, it was like covered on the real estate blogs that and Mm. and. I was like, where is San Marino? What is this? And you, you set me straight very quickly. You were like, this is, this is a secretly very nice place. This is yeah, where the fancy people go.
0: I don't know if it's that secret anymore. I feel like okay. the secret's yeah. out. I have the basketball scene for Woodstage the best, only because okay. we've seen this go badly. This is about as well as it's going to go. First of all, dads and daughters don't really play one-on-one like this. You'd okay. play horse, you'd have shooting contests, you wouldn't. No dad wants to play their five foot two daughter in basketball. <laughs> okay. You just don't. It's not, there's nothing fun about that. But you would have like a three-point shooting contest, but they make it work. She's believable. She has some good moves. And I believed it. The worst, the worst basketball scene ever in a movie is in Teen Wolf. Okay. And Bo- Booth yeah. Boof plays with Teen Wolf's dad. And I don't even know what the game is, but they're just, they're both shooting. They're whipping the ball off the backboards. So if that's a one, this is like an eight. I would oh, say. that's
1: that's pretty high. I was going to ask you. I'm not an expert like you are. I I appreciate the celebration and all of the context that they put around the basketball. Yeah. You know, they're clearly having fun. It also does seem like Steve Martin makes at least one of the trick shots himself. Oh, yeah, he definitely Like does. they don't yeah. cut away every single time, which I give Steve Martin credit for.
0: I think he's an unbelievable athlete. I think okay. that's why. Oh, really? The, well, the physical comedy. That's why that's true. You can't be that good at moving your body unless you're also coordinated. So I would command. guess like, yeah, I, I have no idea if he's like a good tennis player or a good golfer, but I would just would think he would be. Makes sense. You think about like the parenthood, the famous little league scene. Oh, yeah. When when his son does something good and he runs it and he has like all <laughs> that, like you just can't not be a good athlete and pull off a scene like that. Uh, a couple more would say it's the best. The overwhelmed dad who can't totally afford the wedding is just a great movie plot. When has that not worked in a movie?
1: Every single time. But I think this is one run. of the, the one of the best ones. Yeah. They get all of the like as someone who has had a wedding in the last decade, like it's still very accurate to how all of these people operate and how things spin out of control very quickly. And suddenly you need a tulip border and there are swans and people you've never met running around being like, right, let, let me tell you about your blue suit. It's it, it really it holds up.
0: It sounded like you said 150 ahead. I was about to kill myself, and it was 250 <laughs> ahead. That part's right. great. Yeah, uh, we mentioned the house for what stage is the best. And then Steve Martin said this about the movie: "This movie represents the complete death of the hippie laurel wreath standing on the mountaintop marriage, although it's been dead a long time. This is the first movie to see it." I thought that was interesting. So it's like this end of the baby boomer generation. Yes. Yeah their kids getting married, it kind of plants the flag on that. And then it, I think it scared everyone else off because it did it so well.
1: Yes. Can I add one more?
0: Yeah. Add as many as you want.
1: The hot dog, hot dog bun scene. Oh, which, yeah. Okay. But this as a problem in America persists. And I, and, it, and I have a meltdown every single time it happens to be. The, the other week we tried to order curtains for a room in our house, Bill. And so you need the curtain and you need the curtain rod. And then you need like the ring that attaches the curtain. Right. And the curtains had like seven holes and the rings were only sold in packs of nine. And then suddenly I'm just like doing math and seven and nine are like really hard to multiply as well. You know, they don't match up and I've got the calculator out and I, all I could think about was the hot dog, hot dog bun scene in Father of the Bride. We have yep. identified this fraud that is being perpetrated on us. It's been 30 years. No one's fixed it. Please help us.
0: I told my daughter's really stressed out about math. She's not yeah. that good at it. It's her one weak spot. And I was like, look, When you get older, the only two things you're gonna have to worry about are adding up a tip at a restaurant and when you have to figure out fractions for (laughs) hot dog buns and hot dogs. dogs, That's really it. Those are the two things you need math for. Other than that, you'll be fine. Other people will do the math for you. It's
1: totally true, but it drives me insane every time. We haven't solved this.
0: It's amazing. 30 years, haven't solved it yet. Uh, All right, we're gonna take another break and then we're gonna do what's age the worst, which is a surprisingly long list for me. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it. All that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like Goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. All right, what's age the worst? We mentioned it, but let's hit it. Again, 22, getting married at 22. Yeah. Even in 1991 felt really abrupt. And I don't know why they played it that way. We discussed it, whatever. Where do you stand on Father of the Bride 2? Do you wish it exists? Um, you, would you rather it didn't exist?
1: I'm okay with Father of the Bride 2 because I, hmm. I well, I, I mean, it's obviously more far fetched, but you know, Bill, pregnancy and all that stuff pretty weird. So it's like they do manage in the same way that father of the bride comments on weddings and that thing very smartly. I think father of the bride too is sort of funny for that. But I agree that maybe it would be better if everyone just lived happily ever after in a vacuum.
0: Where does it stand in the money grab rankings for you?
1: Uh, It's not the most offensive. Maybe I like it more than most people. Oh, I look do like you. this family.
0: Well, thirty million dollar budget for that one made seventy six point six.
1: Okay, so uh, maybe not the most effective money grab.
0: Yeah, it's I like bringing Frank back, but his accent wasn't as strong the second right. time. I don't know, it's issues. Maybe, be, maybe Father of the Bride Two is better if if Kieran Culkin really is leaning into Roman Roy. Sure. Like <laughs> yes, a, exactly. Like a thirteen year old, it's really, it's really <laughs> yeah. going off the rails. Uh, more would say the worst. The virtual Netflix sequel, I think, was one of the low
1: points of the pandemic. I would agree with you. I, you know, I don't blame that? them for doing it. We're
0: all in a weird place. Exactly. We're trying to figure out what entertainment is when none of us can leave our houses. But when you look back at that, it, it that's how low our standards were. And that's how bad of a headspace we all were in a country where it was like, hey, this is a good idea. Let's do a, a Zoom table read. Nobody wanted to be on Zoom more.
1: I agree. And like watching it now takes you back to that particular moment in time, which I yeah. just don't ever yeah. want to revisit. Who wants to
0: go back to April 2020, whatever that is? Not was. me. Yeah. Um the parking situation at the wedding is the what stage the worst. Just cause okay. nobody would drive to a wedding now for a couple of reasons. One, you would take Uber. Two Way more drunk driving awareness, probably mm-hmm. starting in the 2000s. but in 1991, you would have driven to a wedding and been like, I hope I don't get stopped on the way home was kind of weirdly the mindset back then. Um, they're just there's a hundred cars for there are way too many cars too. Everything yeah, about the parking feels and weird.
1: then and then the cops are able to drive up to the driveway, which I'm like logistically, this doesn't make sense. Like how right. did the car yeah, I agree with you.
0: And then having little kids driving the cars, sure,
1: right. But that's funny. So it's you know. fu-
0: it's funny, but that's not. A, it wouldn't even like now. a fourteen year old would be rough, right? Diane Keaton's clothes, some oh. some winners. There's a couple where it's like, what's going on here? You're wearing khaki pants, and it's I, I, it's all over the map.
1: It's so of a moment, though, and also yep. is really coming back because mm. you know everything old so my is new said. again. Yeah. I and she, it's very hard to pull off that like high waisted khaki with this sh- denim shirt like tucked in. Yeah. And the hair of that length. Most people, it's just not working for them. And she makes it work. So okay. I, you know, I think it's era and context appropriate.
0: So age the worst, but now aging the best because it's kind of coming back.
1: Yes. A little bit. Exactly.
0: Okay. Um, Another what's age the worst? Bear with me. Uh-huh. Slight stunt casting with Diane Keaton as the mom in this movie at the time that now nobody would think was stunt casting, but in the moment it was kind of one of the hooks of the movie. It's like, yeah, Diane Keaton's the mom and father of the bride. It's like, wow, Diane Keaton's gonna be the mom of somebody who's gonna get married. That seemed it was like, whoa, right. that might be a stretch, and then it wasn't. But now you wouldn't think that.
1: Right. And I guess also it's I mean, it's I don't want to say a thankless role because we both agree she's really good in it. But she's not the star of the movie. It's a
0: thankless role. Yeah. That but, she makes really but good.
1: That she that we are giving her thanks for.
0: You could have put a much worse actress in that role mm-hmm. and that part disappears basically. That's true. But it is a movie about the dad and the daughter. So it's right. hard for she's got to get, you know, you gotta run some plays with her, get some shots for her, and they do it. And she's yeah. I think she maximizes whatever the potential was. Last what's age the worst for me? I just don't love the falling in the pool scene. I think it's super hacky and gimmicky. It's adorable. Right. I get it. We needed some levity. We needed, but I just, I just, it's too unrealistic. The rest of the movie is like at least realistic. Anything that happens, that scene is like, this would never happen. Come on.
1: the when he's going through the medicine cabinet and then the rear falls off the window that that's funny, that is yeah. realistic, and even that makes like me going laugh.
0: in the desk and like kind of thumbing through stuff, realistic, right. but and, then it and- gets silly.
1: And I laugh at the dogs part because those dogs are very scary. And I'm a person like when they're aggressive dogs, I don't really know what to do. So I often always think like, release. You're right. you know. right. So it's like stayed with me. I guess it's helped me negotiate difficult dogs in my own life. But yeah. it it does. It goes on for a while.
0: Yeah, I get why they did it. It's I think it's on the silly scale, yeah. uh, ramps up a tiny bit too much anymore. What's age the worst for you?
1: Well, when do you want to talk about Martin Short? Let's, I, you know,
0: I was going to, I had a, let's do it now. Well,
1: cause I would say specifically like the accent gag just, just is not a type of comedy we do anymore of like, Oh, what? I can't understand you. And, you know, making jokes about like, you know, it's not broken English in this case, but just this whole like very running gag of being like, you don't speak how I speak. We just, that's not. That's not comedy in 2021. And we talk I know you guys talk about it all the time on Rewatchables that a lot of comedy doesn't, um, doesn't age well. But this is one where it's kind of the whole character.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I wasn't even gonna go two thousand twenty one with it. I was thinking more like it's a one note gag. Yeah. You sit the first time you see the movie it works, but the eighth time you're just like, All right, get this guy out of here. I get it. He's got it. Nobody can understand his accent. Like it's right. I actually think B D Wong is funnier than him. Yes. But I just, it's hard to believe this 30 years ago. This was like a phenomenon. Like totally. Martin Short, Martin Short as this character was like, oh my God, this is one of the funny, is he going to get nominated for an Oscar? Like people thought this was hilarious. Now right. it's like, eh.
1: And and you bring up that he is like brought back for Father of the Bride Part 2 and arguably like plays a larger role. <sighs> Though the scene where he's leading them both in the workouts is still to me pretty funny in Father of yeah. the Bride Part 2. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's one note, as you said.
0: So my daughter who's pretty, she's of this generation mm-hmm. where they're going to judge all this stuff. Yeah. She, she wasn't, she was more like that guy's annoying. Yeah. Like, all right, I get it. Nobody can understand him. Like it, it, he's in the movie. I don't know for how many minutes, but it's like three minutes too long with the same joke.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And probably my least favorite part of the movie. All right. Casting what ifs. Steve Martin. Cast before they wrote the screenplay. Huh. They locked him in. They knew it was a remake. Can we get Steve Martin? Yes. And then they wrote it. Nancy Myers and Charles Sher. So the rarely seen casting anti what if. They knew they knew the movie was built around him. This was a stunning one to me. Phoebe Cates offered the role of Annie Banks, had wow. to turn it down because she was pregnant.
1: Wow. Though I mean. That could have worked in the movie, as you said. Like, why are people getting married at 22, even in 1991? But I guess that would make it a little more scandalous than they wanted Yeah, but to she would have for. been like
0: 29. At, yeah. Yeah. But Phoebe Cates, who my generation um, completely loves and is all in on, but um, never had like, like great follow-up role and then just got married to Kevin Kline and started having kids. Okay. But, There's this alternate universe career for her that I think... Yeah. I I gotta say, her versus Demi Moore, it's, like, pretty... If she had just said, I'm fighting for every Demi Moore part with Demi Moore, I think she gets half of them.
1: Then that's also an interesting what-if for Demi Moore, but that's Mm. a whole other... Yeah. Diane Keaton. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. These are her words. Disney Studios, Jeffrey Katzenberg at the time. Mm. (laughs) didn't ever want to work with me. <gasps> Charles Shire and Nancy Myers who'd worked with me before, had to beg to get me into Father of the Bride. Just for Father of the Bride, I'd done a movie called The Good Mother, which was a big failure. Like, big failure. And that was it. That was a Disney movie. So when Charles and Nancy wanted me for Father of the Bride, Disney didn't want anything to do with me. Now, I don't even remember The Good Mother, do you? No. I looked it up. I don't even remember it coming no out. No apparently what it is. Apparently, Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, "Nope, she's out.
1: Well, Disney. So there you go. You got lucky that Diane Keaton did it anyway.
0: Great job, Disney. It all worked out. Best that guy, a.k.a. the Joey Pants Award. B.D. Wong's won this before. I think he wins it again. Do people, does everyone know that's B.D. Wong? Or is it just like Bu you and fantasy and Chris Ryan? (laughs) Is he, (laughs) is B.D. Wong... People know that same or do they know him as that guy from this? I, I think they know him as a that guy. I don't think he's BD Wong.
1: If they know him. Well, I know him from this. So it's hard for me to everywhere else. He's like BD Wong from Father of the Bride. So maybe he has some sort of awareness. But no. Well, I Then think-
0: the other nominee is the guy who plays the son in law whose right. name I didn't know until I looked it up when I was researching this movie. So that but would be the other candidate. Does
1: he do anything else? Can you be a that guy just for <sighs> one movie, the, like the movie in question?
0: Au contraire. His name is George Newbern. Okay. His IMDb has been in like 200 things.
1: Okay. But have you seen them? Have I seen them?
0: Yeah, he's been in a bunch of shows just like he hasn't had starring roles. He was in um In 2001, he was in one of the comic book movies. Sure, um, weren't we all? But here's the crazy George Newbern stat. Okay, one of the highly prolific, respected audiobook narrators in the world. Really, as of September 2020, over 350 credits on Audible. Wow. Yeah, that's, he's like one of the guys for audio. Wow. That, by good the way, for that's him. lucrative. Yeah, great job by George.
1: Now that I'm looking at, I forgot that he had a long run on Scandal. Oh which yeah, I, which I did watch.
0: In Providence. He was in Providence for a while. But, so like,
1: he, it, it he's aged and he looks so different that I almost don't think of him as the guy from Father of the Bride when he's on Scandal.
0: So. All right, so we'll give him, we'll give it to George Newbern. I think B.D. Wong has graduated okay. but, from Joey Pants.
1: Yeah, the, the Audible stat is interesting. Good for him.
0: Vincent Hanna, give me all you got a word for best overacting. Martin Short, I mean, Jesus.
1: Sure, but uh, is it even like best overacting? It's just most overacting.
0: Most overacting.
1: Okay. Great. I agree.
0: Dion Waiter's award. Mm-hmm. For uh, best heat check. Okay. I'm not giving it to Martin Short. No. Because I think both of us are kind of annoyed by that performance. Eugene Levy's in one scene. He's fine. <laughs> I really like B.D. Wong. I think he's really funny in this movie. I so, love his facial expressions. And I thought, I think he really adds something.
1: So Diane Keaton has too much to work with. Too many. To be yeah, too many lines. Okay, She's the and-
0: second biggest star in the movie.
1: Oh, but as we said, it's like a thankless role. Is no, she's in the in whole it? movie. Right, okay. Well, not I, eligible. I, I just want to say that Dying King's great. And also, Kieran Culkin's not eligible. Could be
0: eligible. I guess if you're watching him under the Roman Roy prism, maybe he's.
1: Yeah. And maybe I mean, he's he, more he gets, he gets All a right. few moments, you know, and there's that like really beautiful, lovely scene, like when he's practicing right before the wedding. And, you know, then he and Annie say goodnight to each other. And it's like, I love you, Dad. I love, you know. And All Steve Martin. Right, like okay.
0: We'll give it to Karen Culkin. Recasting couch. Okay. This is one of my favorite recasting couches I've had. I can't wait for your reaction. Wow. Okay. As the Mm son-in-law, I'm taking you back to 1991. Think of Mm -hmm. it in the 1991 Mm -hmm. context. Mm -hmm. George Clooney.
1: (gasps) But that, Bill, that changes everything. Even 91 Clooney has so much charisma He's just pulling the focus. So I like it. But then you're making it's not a movie about. It's, I'm re,
0: I'm reinventing yeah. the movie is what I'm doing. I'm okay. thinking mullet facts of life. George Clooney, where it's like he's still boyish. I don't feel like he's going to steal anybody's wife or girlfriend. He's charming. You could see how he could have met this woman in Italy and, and stolen her away. Right. And now, as you're watching this years later, it's like, oh, my, I can't believe George Clooney was the son in law. Just would have been a fun wrinkle.
1: I mean, it is a fun wrinkle, but he like, you know, when Steve Martin's like, do we know that this guy is how old is this guy? Has anyone run a background check? Yada, yada. You can see him being slightly more of a threat, even even facts of life. Good point.
0: All right. I tried. Have fast Internet research only have a couple because I've mentioned some of them. Um, okay. There's some guy named Tom Irish who made his film debut in The Father of the Bride in 1950 and his last film appearance in this movie. And he played the same character in both, Ben Banks. That's, so it popped up. That's very cute. Spencer Tracy nominated for Best Actor mm-hmm. in 1950 for the original Father of the Bride, lost to Jose Farrar for Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, Martin Short portrayed the uh, wedding planner he, is, the portrayal is based on somebody named Kevin Lee, who makes regular appearances on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Oh. And assisted with Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's weddings. What are I'll your bet, favorites.
1: I'll bet he did. Yeah. I I want to talk more about this as a wedding movie in nitpicks. I think this is okay. most like a great I, wedding movie. And also I've got some notes.
0: Can't wait. The the house with the actual uh inside house. Mm-hmm. Sold for uh, 1.998 million in August 2016. This is where the wedding reception and the backyard stuff was filmed.
1: Okay, so like all the basketball.
0: The exteriors were filmed at the Pasadena house that I've driven by. Mm-hmm. Um, the people paid 950 for the house in 1999. it's now worth way more than that. Um, but they get people come by all the time, take pictures. I'm in front sure of it. It's like the like the Michael Myers house and a bunch of other ones. Yeah, that's all I got for that. Apex Mountain. Steve Martin, you can make the case, maybe. Like at this point, I still think it's probably 1978 or 1979 range when he's got the jerk out. He's the biggest comic in the world. He's on SNL. That's the most famous. So I, I would say that you could make a case for second career Steve Martin right around here.
1: Like mainstream Steve Martin?
0: Mainstream Steve Martin. Starts yeah. here? Because yes. I don't
1: think he like hosts the Oscars or does any of his sort of just kind of America's Dad stuff without this movie.
0: Yeah, mainstream Steve Martin. This is okay. Apex Man. Okay. Main Diane Keaton. No, but no. mainstream Diane Keaton. Still no, but that's probably in the m- mid nineties, right? That's ninety five s- range.
1: Well, I would say it's something's got to give, which is her like full Nancy Myers movie that she stars in, and I think that's like two thousand three. Yeah. I think but Diane Keaton's happens. Apex
0: Mountain is Annie Hall. So, what's interesting is they both have their yeah. Apex Mountain. Right. Like 13, t- 14 years before this movie. Kimberly Williams, yes. Mm-hmm. Father daughter movies, undeniably, yes. Yes. Nancy Myers, no. no. San Marino, 100% yes. hmm. Dads. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but I'd throw it out there. Uh, wedding, mo- Wedding movies.
1: I It might be for me. Do you I have think so, too? Even yeah. though we
0: have nitpicks, I still yes. think it's the wedding movie Apex. And, it's a and whole this, movie built around a wedding that's ultimately like a happy movie and not Rachel's getting married where it's just complete dysfunction and people fucking in the basement.
1: Right. And it's like all of your other favorite wedding movies or movies that, or, you know, except for like The Godfather. I don't count The Godfather as a wedding movie, even though The Wedding is important, but they yeah, I'll come after Father of the Bride. This like, really starts the 90s explosion of everything from Four Weddings and a Funeral to Wedding Planner and Wedding Singer and you name it. People are like, oh yeah, weddings. Great setting for a movie.
0: Right. I'm with you. That's all I have for FX, man.
1: Okay.
0: Have one more break and then we're going to pick some myths. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, Spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like, you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard to get this new customer offer. Go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch $45 upfront payment required equivalent to fifteen dollars a month for first three month plan. Only speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mint mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. Vital Farms, keeping it bull-free. <laughs> we always wanted our kids as they were growing up to have stuff that came from the right places. Vital Farms is perfect for this. Here's how good Vital Farms is. You can go to vitalfarms.com farm and you can get a 360 degree peek at the actual farm where your eggs came from. Uh, it's a certified bee corporation. They are devoted to improving the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food, Great taste. You can do fried, poached, scrambled. Vital Farms bet you can taste the difference. Food simply tastes better when where it came from. Shop the farm. That's a certified B Corporation and gives their hens the lifestyle they deserve. Vital Farms. Look for the black Vital Farms carton in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms. Keeping it bullshit free. All right. Picking Nets. I, I so many issues with the wedding itself. There's no father father daughter dance.
1: I mean, just the father the would fuck? be the father would be present at the wedding. Especially yeah. a wedding this organized, like he would be there taking photos. Like he would have to they would need to make sure there's someone who's in charge of running the wedding who would insist that he be there before they cut the cake or they do all the sorts of things just for the photos alone. He's like part of the run of show. I agree with
0: also, you. Also I was going to weddings in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. The father-daughter dance was happening at those weddings. A lot yeah. of the stuff that we have now at weddings was happening in the late 80s, early 90s, including all the freaking songs you hear. The, a lot of the playlists just hasn't changed. They've added right. new ones, but a lot of the old ones from the 70s are still there. The uh, The best man speech, the maid of honor speech, I got to say that was probably added like mid-90s. I felt like okay. that became more of a thing as around mid-90s. Uh, the parent, usually the dad of the bride giving a brief toast, that is now morphed into everybody gives a speech at the wedding.
1: It's true. Um, we we got to cut back on that, everybody. yeah. Just, we, a,
0: just a note. The speech police needs to maybe step in. But the father-daughter dance, the first dance between the bride and groom and yeah. the father-daughter and dance were fucking staples since whenever we had weddings. I don't know how they don't have it in this. They never have a dance. And then Brian and Annie's first dance is with everybody's on the dance floor already. They don't have That's their true. moment. I thought they, they, for all the money they paid for a wedding planner, where are the where are the special dances?
1: Well, this is another thing where in the scene you really like where they're going through the wedding invitations and trying to cut down the wedding list. So the wedding planner is getting an invitation to the wedding. And Steve Martin is outraged about this. And everyone else in his family is like, of course we have to invite him. You know, he planned the wedding. Yeah. I was Steve Martin. No, you don't have to invite him. He's working at the wedding. Like he's in charge. He doesn't need an invitation. That's his work day. What are we doing?
0: Also, the invitation responses never come back all in a row. Half the time the people forget to respond and you have to call them and, and check and make sure they're actually coming or not.
1: Okay, let's talk about this list for a second. The initial list is like 500 people.
0: I, I, I don't know. I've never been to a wedding with 500 plus people. That's insane. You're inviting cousins I, of cousins at that point.
1: I don't know. 500 people. Yeah. Like, that I was just, ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. And then when Steve Martin once again is, you know, setting limits and he's like, we are only inviting 150 people to this wedding and everyone else treats him like a monster. I'm like 150 yeah. people. is That's a, a lot. It's a sizable wedding.
0: Yeah. That's Mine easy. was one twenty eight. And we, we left some people in the cutting room for and there was blood.
1: Mine was one fifty because my uh, in-laws who actually my husband planned the whole wedding. So I shouldn't. Uh, they were wonderful. But their list was like, you know, and we have nine relatives from Denmark who also have to come in, et cetera, Like a lot of people. And it was still only one hundred and fifty people. It was a large wedding.
0: It's a tradition to fly people from Copenhagen to your wedding. What about that one? That and, that is and that
1: the bride's family is supposed to pay for nine international tickets from Denmark? I did not know about that. That's, Ludicrous. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: So she's in Italy for three months, falling yeah. in love with Brian. Yeah. I know we didn't have email back then. We didn't have texting. Right. Pretty sure we had telephones. Sure. Yeah. Seems pretty close with her parents, especially her mom. Seems like the mom daughter have an awesome relationship. At no point it's like, "Hey, I met somebody." That's not a conversation she has with her mom ever.
1: Did you have phone cards in nineteen ninety one? Yeah, yeah. This because this is what I remember, like you know, from my study abroad phase was like you you went and you got the phone card. It, like, did sort of have email, but you were saving to make sure that you would call in once a week. I completely agree with this. Also. When they go visit the in-laws... The also, in- like, what are they... They don't
0: hear from her for... They don't hear from her for two months? They, you assume she's dead? Like what? I right. mean, of course, she's going to check in once a week.
1: Right. And it's like they know when her flight takes off and lands. You know, they know when she's coming home. So they have some information about her. But also... So the Ridiculous. in-laws do go to Rome. And they talk about how they got to meet Annie and spend a few days with her. So the in-laws knew. I don't know whether this was like kid of divorce sense tingling, but I was like in real life, if you didn't tell your parents about your fiance, but your in-laws had actually gotten the information several months ahead and, and like had a lot more access, there would be be furious, furious, like huge family fight. Furious. Yeah.
0: I also think because the dad, the, uh, husband's family was obviously much wealthier than Steve Martin's family. Mm -hmm. I think that family offers to chip in. Oh, totally. They're, and at least for the Copenhagen flights. They're not just sitting back and letting Steve Martin plan anything. If anything, they're they're trying to flaunt their wealth a little bit and be like, let us pay for this. Let us pay for that. Also, where was the rehearsal dinner?
1: This is a great point.
0: No rehearsal just, dinner?
1: Everybody just meets on that Saturday? Totally skipped it. I, I, I have no idea. And also...
0: Because that's what the the... The groom's family pays yes. for the rehearsal dinner in most cases, so they would have had this fancy one at the Bel Air Country Club. That's a whole like ten minute scene we could have had that they no. just don't have.
1: It would have. It would have. Come been on, very Nancy good. Myers.
0: Nancy t- Myers, get your shit together.
1: There is that scene in the kitchen, like after Steve Martin imagines the whole wedding at the steak pit, which is yeah. wonderful. Honestly, it looks like a great wedding. Um, yeah. When Diane Keaton is like the the in laws did offer to pay. And Steve Martin, you know, takes umbrage at that and is like, we can afford to to pay for everything, which is which is another like sort of nitpick in this movie where the Bel Air relatives are supposed to be like extremely unfathomably wealthy. And yeah. Steve Martin and Diane Keaton are just like average people. These I mean, these people have a beautiful million dollar home in San Marino and are they're they're doing they're doing well themselves. They have a
0: fucking awesome backyard. They're yes, not exactly. middle class. Yeah, yeah that exactly. Is hard to get like a backyard these people like that are also LA.
1: thriving, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No rehearsal dinner was just super annoying. Mm hmm. No Sunday breakfast after like what this only happens in movies where people get married and then they immediately have to go on a plane to wherever the honeymoon is. Who does it? I've never been to a wedding in my life where the people left that
1: night to go on their honeymoon. It's never happened ever. I mean, even if you're just thinking about timing wise, what they leave at nine o'clock. That's probably the earliest you could leave to catch a red eye from L.A. to Hawaii. Just I think. wait a day. Go the Are, next day. But like the the flights to Hawaii aren't leaving at nine o'clock. You get red no. eyes on the way home from Hawaii flying back to L.A. But there's no I agree with you. I will say, though, I, I mean, you're 100 percent right. By the way, that my only- best
0: friend's wedding does it, too. They're like, yeah. we got to get out. We got our honeymoon to go to. It's like. You're fucking rich. You're going to fly on a private jet to wherever you're going.
1: This is 100% not how it works in real life. I agree with you. But it does end the movie well. You know, it's like, I appreciate it's a quick ending. They're getting out of the the movie. It's not an extended, you know, 20 minute sequence with everyone hugging. It's it's to the point. So I appreciate it.
0: I have a thought on that, but I'm going to hold it for the probably unanswerable questions. Okay more picky nits. There's a 14 year age difference between
1: yeah. Kimberly I, Williams I mean,
0: and Karen Culkin.
1: Again, this is some of the math that I did last night. So if Diane Keaton was 22 when she had Kimberly Williams, then you add 14, 36, totally viable. And they do even say that- I've never um, seen
0: in my life a, an age, unless it's an adoption, I've never seen an age difference like that just with two naturally born kids. That's well, insane. I mean,
1: you have, but like usually there are kids in the middle. You know, yeah, and then there's like once they, and so it's a family that wanted to have like three kids, and suddenly they have five because you know, surprise, later in life. But they, he does sort of acknowledge it in the. They try to play it soft, but they do acknowledge in the voiceover. It's like Maddie showed up a surprise a few years later. So I guess they just few years later.
0: I know it's like fourteen. he was like thirteen. Yeah. Um it snows in LA in this movie, which is okay. Now you can make a case. All right. We're near the mountains in Pasadena. I get it, but it's not just a light sprinkling. There's like actual snow that they have to shovel. It's, it's like two
1: inches of snow. Yeah. And it's and like, it Oh, like,
0: and he makes a he sells it. He's like, Oh, this hasn't happened in 36 years. It's like, okay, cool. But this right. would never happen.
1: Also that the entire, that the wedding isn't canceled immediately because of the snow, because when, whenever it even rains in Los Angeles, People are like, oh, sorry, can't leave my house. Got to get, you know, out all the canned goods supplies. I have no idea how to drive or do anything in the rain at all. So, How about this?
0: Wait, but how about this? Snow melts. The backyard's a fucking mess. Right. The front yard is like a mud pit. And now they're parking 200 cars in there. That's going to be like a slip and slide trying to get out of there. How many people got hurt?
1: They yada yada the whole thing, though. I do like the one BD Wong line that's like, just all I can say is, thank God snow is white. You know, it just works, which it does match. They they at least acknowledge that the snow would impede some of the plans, but at least matches the decorations. But no, it's insane.
0: Snow is gone by the night. Nighttime yeah it th- doesn't freeze in the ice but it's, like it's just melting beautifully,
1: again. that one shot of the the church itself outside is you can definitely see all the fake snow that they've put in like beautiful little patches here and there. It just looks like a, a Rockwell painting, but it would not look like that in real life.
0: I have a slight nitpick on could you have would they end up with two hundred people? hundred fifty
1: I mean two hundred from a list of five hundred is.
0: Just cramming Th- them in that house. editing. 200 yeah. people in that house is, you're really going to be crammed. How many bathrooms? You got four bathrooms at that point. Right. Uh, you still I have mean, to have the, waiters and stuff walking around. Like you, That house needs to be pretty big to accommodate those people. I, I was thinking about that when I was watching. It. I was like, what kind of house I, is this?
1: The tent is pretty sizable. They do a nice job with the tent. I'd just like to say it is a pretty tasteful wedding. That's something I should have put in. like what's nice. age the best It's like, you yeah. can see it being like really tacky, like late eighties wedding, but no, it looks yeah. nice. But I, I don't know whether the tent is really accommodating 200 people.
0: Could this be remade as a 10 episode Netflix show? Please. No.
1: Okay. But, but wouldn't you watch it?
0: I would, but I, it, I just know it'll be bad.
1: No, I mean, it'll be bad. Um, oh, you
0: would watch it. Wow. Look at you. You, of course you, uh, I you have watch a gleam it, in your like, eye.
1: But Bill, right, like fine. I'm watching ev- like every Thursday morning. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a new Sex in the City remake episode to watch, you know, even though it's like mm. one of it's it's not really working. And it is in many ways betraying the sanctity of the original. But yeah. I, I would watch it. The thing is, is that. It, they would have to like remake it circa 1990 with Steve Martin. I'm just imagining this is also sort of why even though Father Bride Part 2 is not good, I'm like, eh, sure, I didn't mind it because I like spending time with these people. So they would need to remake it with these like in this world. So you'd and have they would to be there. There'd be the,
0: they'd be the grandparents. Yeah. Kimberly Williams and George Newbern would be the yes. parents. Yeah. And then we'd have new people in their 20s, the right. movies built around them. And Steve Martin and Diane Keaton are the wise old grandparents. Yes. I actually, if that was a 10 episode. And, I, all right, I'm talked into it. Fine, Kira you Culkin's broke me.
1: the Roman screw up, you know? Like oh the, my God. The, I like wow, you really uncle. talked
0: me into this now. I, yeah.
1: I, yeah. Like I'm saying, you can't do it on Zoom. It can't be Father <laughs> of the Red Part 3. We got to have the budget. We got to have all the characters. We got to think through this. But I'd watch it.
0: I can't believe it took you less than 90 seconds to <laughs> know, break me on that. Of course you can. Unbelievable.
1: You love this movie. So you'd want yeah. to spend more time with it.
0: So, beef, uh, probably unanswerable questions. How much did the okay. wedding cost? They said it was like $250K. BeFrugal.com broke it down. The venue okay. is free. Annie's dress costs 68000 They say that
1: $68,000? Um,
0: that's what they said.
1: Oh, um, Hold on. That's crazy. In 1991,
0: they they have it as 572 guests at $250 per head, $143,000 on food. We know that it was in 572. So right. maybe this is lower. Bridesmaid dresses, another 10. Copenhagen flights, 10. Mm-hmm. Wedding planner, probably 20. I, I think we're somewhere over the 200 mark if you add everything up, right? I think Brie Frugal did a bad job.
1: Probably. I mean, I did multiply 150 times Two fifty yesterday. I got up my calculator. And what is that? that was, Forty grand. I no. I think it was twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. But that's just you know for food and guests. The church is not free, but the house is free. But the tent is not free. They're rewiring. You know, electricity. They got to bring in all of the rentals. Tables. So, tables. So maybe
0: one fifty.
1: Yeah, I mean, but one fifty in nineteen ninety one is an insane amount of money for a wedding. The, like the the prices yeah, right. have changed, right? I think it's probably gotta be like a fifty, sixty thousand dollar wedding in because the when BD Wong calls with the estimate, the two hundred and fifty ahead includes everything from the catering to the the tent to the, you know, what have you. So I the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars seems like that seems to us yeah that's too high so
0: we'll say somewhere between like 60,000 and 90,000
1: okay that's our verdict good. for 19, is, 1991 which is, prices which is a tremendous amount of money for a wedding at any point but in, certainly in 1991 and certainly for a wedding at home we're not even paying for the venue
0: okay my next unanswerable question because i knew you would answer yes for mm-hmm. should this be remade into a show yeah sure okay would you call it Father of the Bride 3 or Grandfather of the Bride?
1: Grandfather of the Bride. Okay. Yeah.
0: Next question and answer both. Is this the best Steve Martin movie ever? I think I'm probably more qualified than you to watch. You are. Because I've been there I mean, the whole time.
1: You are. But and you've also
0: seen almost all of the movies.
1: Yes. But it's it's my sentimental favorite for sure. And it's such a sentimental favorite that it's hard for me to detach from it. I mean, what would even be in the running for you? This
0: is it. I think this is the answer. I think the jerk would have been there for a while, but I I just don't think it's gotten the legs. Um, The other one, Roxanne was a massive movie. Okay. And was, was a movie that people were not, were worried that he was going to pull it off and they did. And it's really good. But I, I think it's this. I, some people might say Parenthood actually because it's the first type of movie that tried to do the stuff they did. It got spun right. off into the TV show, and I think it has some footing. Um, there's some bowfinger people out there, just for the record.
1: Sweet. I mean, a, interesting movie. Weird movie though. I rewatched it last yeah. year. I, I also I really like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but yep. that's not a solo Steve Martin as much. So, I think it's this. Okay. All right.
0: Here's my big unanswerable question.
1: Okay.
0: <sighs> just hope you're sitting down. Well, you are. Okay. I can see you. Yeah. Are we sure Annie was a good daughter? Oh, I'm wow. I'm going to make the case.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Doesn't tell her parents that she's even met somebody for three months. She's just mm-hmm. traipsing around Italy. Nobody hears from her. Meets this guy. Immediately decides to get married to to him comes back, drops this like atomic bomb on on her family and then gets mad how they react. Okay. Completely flips out over this stupid blender thing and forces her dad who doesn't even want her to get her married to kind of solve that. Mm-hmm. And then at the actual wedding, completely, completely ignores her dad the whole time. Doesn't have the father-daughter dance with her. Doesn't make 10 minutes of time with her. Leaves without saying goodbye. And then at the end, it's like, Oh, the phone rings. Oh, it's Annie. Oh, dad, I just wanted to say goodbye. If my daughter fucking gets married <laughs> and just leaves and I don't get the hugging before the end of the wedding and then I get like this, like, oh, I forgot to call my dad phone call. I. I that's it. I'd be so mad. I would cancel the catering stuff. But you pay for this then. You didn't even say goodbye to me at my own wedding. Maybe I'm spiteful.
1: You make a good case. I think the phone call is a great movie moment. I tear up every single time, and it makes no sense logistically, as you pointed out. That's not when flights leave for Hawaii. It's not how weddings end. It is totally ungrateful for her to not find him at any point. Also, it's just not how weddings work like he would be around. So I hear you. My defenses are, number one, again, great movie moment. And number two, she's 22 years old. She's really young. And I think all of the problems in this movie, which make for a great movie, but they can be traced to just she's 22 and she doesn't strategically have it figured out yet. The thing that you got to do, if I could give advice to your daughter or to any other daughters out in the world, you can't have the first guy you bring home be the one. You know what I'm saying? You got to let the dads get a little afraid and get this energy out. So by the time you bring the actual person you want to marry ho- home, they're like, they're relieved. You know what I'm saying? And they're just like, it's that's let me tell you. And I know this from experience. So everything that she's doing, she's just a little young and she didn't totally plan it out. Is she a bad person or is she just inexperienced? I leave it to you. Bad daughter. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Go find, go find your father before you leave. I don't care if you miss I the agree. fight. Find I agree. your father, find your mother, have one last moment with them and then go on your honeymoon. I agree. What the hell?
1: I mean, and I also, agree. Like
0: you said, it's a nice moment and it is. It's a little it's, choke up moment that she calls, nice. but you know what else would have been nice if she had the gets back out of the car and runs because she realizes she didn't say goodbye to her dad and runs across through all the cars and gives him the hug. I
1: also would have enjoyed that.
0: And it would made me think she actually cared about her dad.
1: Right. That's true. It's like sort of like a reverse the graduate. But or no. my best
0: friend's wedding when he pops up at the end. Julie Roberts <laughs> thinks he left. And then all of a sudden there's Delma Marooni yeah, one last the, hug.
1: And I, I know this is hard for a dad to hear. And, and I get it. And I related to Steve Martin in this movie more than ever when I watched it recently. But it's also about her moving on and them coming to a new place and a new understanding. Yeah. You know, she could have hugged know. him. She could have, she she could have hugged him, and I I hope that everyone listening, or everyone related to you, uh, takes that lesson to heart.
0: Hug your parents. <laughs> what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie?
1: Is the house available?
0: The house is off the table.
1: Oh come on! Uh, what about just because there are several houses, I just want the front of the house. You know, just that one.
0: How about the bedazzled wedding bride sneakers? <laughs>
1: Those are really nice. I was going to ask, what do you think happens to sidekick? Like, is it bought by another company or is George Banks on the street?
0: Oh, interesting. So is George Banks like, is he like, uh, is he like Jeff Bezos right now?
1: (laughs) Well, I I mean, I don't think so because, you know, when Brian shows up, there's that great line of like, he's wearing Nikes. So George Banks is like an independent uh, athletic shoemaker in the early 90s trying to go up against Nike. I'm guessing it doesn't work out totally well, but do they get acquired?
0: Yeah, maybe they get acquired. Maybe okay. maybe he's like. Yeah, it's probably yeah. more likely he like merges with Foot Locker and it okay, doesn't really right. work out that well. OK,
1: if I can't have the house, which I think I should be able to have the house or at least the kitchen, but fine. Um, I would take the cappuccino maker. I love the cappuccino maker scene. It's really it's good sweet. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. I would take okay. the sneakers. That My wife and okay. daughter went nuts for the sneakers. I think they yeah. filed that away if my daughter ever gets Do you married. know
1: actually that I I wore white sneakers when I got married? And I think it's it a great is, idea. It's because of this movie. Like You're I didn't, standing
0: for six hours. Like it's I a didn't great idea. I did not put it
1: together till this moment, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that must have been where I, where I got the idea.
0: Who won the movie? Steve Martin?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it uh, has
0: to be Steve Martin. Yeah.
1: You could make a case for Nancy Myers because this is when it all comes together, but. It comes together more for her later on.
0: I knew this as a Steve Martin movie for a while and then eventually it became, oh, Nancy Myers wrote that yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. but I never yeah. felt like the wind was in there.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. That's it for the rewatchables. Kyle Creighton produced this one. He's not married yet.
1: I, I um, look forward to that movie. Kyle, if you'd like to make a, a comedy about it, I would enjoy it.
0: Co- Cousin in law of the bride? Yeah. Could be about me. <laughs>
1: Really, really fantastic. Wedding. This is a, there's a lot of potential here.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh Amanda, it was great to see you as always. Father Thank of the both. Brad, thirtieth anniversary. You can find it on all the uh all the streaming places and we'll see you next time that we watch this.